know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. As always, you can get your copy by hitting the link in the description because myself, Momosi, and a three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong, are back to bring you more NBA talk. BJ, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, it's a beautiful day, Mo. The countdown has begun. The NBA season is upon us. And you, as you say, you know, you know what to do when you get that ball. <laughs> you know what to do, Bo. <laughs> Man, I'm firing off dimes everywhere we go. Now, listen, the NBA season's here. We've had the offseason. We had the free agency. We had the draft. We've had some trades go down. So I wanted to look at some of the trades that might happen during the course of the season, because we've oh. seen that trades during the season can shift the balance of the NBA, even if they're not for big name stars. You know, remember when Milwaukee traded for PJ Tucker on their way to a championship mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. Toronto traded for Mark Gasol, uh, the trade deadline on their way to a championship. So the good folks at Bleacher Report have put together five simple trades that could change the race for the NBA championship. So we're going to go through them, break them down, share our thoughts. You ready, BJ? Let's do it. Well, the first Let's one, the first one involves the LA Clippers finally receiving Malcolm Brogdon, who they were due to get as part of the Porzingis trade before some injury concerns, I believe with his elbow, uh, led to the Clippers canceling the trade and Boston having to do the deal with the greatest player in the world, Marcus Smart, instead. Um, but this mock trade here has Malcolm Brogdon going to the LA Clippers in exchange for Marcus Morris, Kobe Brown, Amir Coffey, and a second round pick in 2024. If that deal was to go through, what would be your thoughts? Well, clearly there's something going on with his physical because they re rescinded the trade. So I don't know what has transpired since that time that they feel now that they will accept whatever happened. I don't know. I don't know. The details never came out. However, I don't see that trade happening based on the knowledge that I have, which is they rescinded the trade because of a medical reason that was never, or at least I didn't see it. And I don't know what has happened since that trade, since that time that now they have changed their, you know, they changed their mind about trying to acquire that player, a good player. However, I don't see that being a game changer for the, for the Clippers. I also feel like, well, first of all, on the injury side of things, he must have recovered from his injury because Portland accepted the trade. Um, but for the Clippers, they've already got Russell Westbrook now at the guard position, and they've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who play a lot with the ball in their hands. If they were to make an in-season trade, would it make more sense for them to trade for a power forward or a center, like a big man type player? Because they've got Zubak, who I believe is very underrated in what he brings. They've got Plumlee, who changed the hands that he shoot jump shots with, um, who was actually very productive for them. But do you think strengthening that four position now that the league is shifting in a different direction, not relying on Kawhi Leonard to play the four or Marcus Morris, um, and, and they went out and got another big that they could play a double big lineup with, do you think that would help them more than adding in yet another guard? Well, I, as I look at their team prior to the, you know, to the season beginning, you know, Two players in particular come to mind, Jokic and Anthony Davis. And they're going to need to be able to handle or be able to match up with those players. And Zubac is a very good player. However, I think those both, for everybody in the league, but in particular for Zubac, I think on the defensive end, those are two tough matchups. So I would think that Lawrence Frank and company 
who's the president general manager over there, would be looking to strengthen their front line to be able to to match up with those guys in the front court because their back court is it's as good as anybody in the league, right? Uh, they have size, they have athletes, they can defend multiple positions, they can switch and do some things. However, up front, you know, the length of an Anthony Davis, just the pure size of a Jokic, that's a tough matchup for them. And I think they're a little thin if they just say Plumlee and Zubac are the answers to those guys. Well, talking about the bigs leads me nicely to segue into the second trade suggested here. And this is in the Eastern Conference, and it's involving the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers. Now, I don't see this trade happening per se, because I believe Miles Turner recently signed an extension with the Indiana Pacers. But Bleacher Report has the New York Knicks trading Mitchell Robinson and a 2024 first round pick, top 10 protected via the Dallas Mavericks, in exchange for Miles Turner from Indiana. The Indiana Pacers obviously a younger franchise, so they get a bit of a younger player with Mitchell Robinson. Um, and the New York Knicks, they get some shooting that opens up the floor a little bit more for what Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle like to do in the mid-range and in the painted areas. You know, it's, it's, it's not often that you'll see two teams make a trade that will be competing in the same conference, especially in the playoffs. Okay, I don't think Indiana is going to try to help the Knicks, and I don't think the Knicks are going to try to help Indiana with their trades. However, those are two similar players. So I think you're just basically shuffling around the same kind of production. Miles Turner may be a little bit more productive, especially on the offensive end at this particular stage of his career. However, I don't think that trade will happen um, just because they're in the same conference and you're not, I think Indiana is going to be competing this year for a playoff spot, as well as we know in New York, what they were able to do, they advanced to the second round last year. So I think they're going to look into at the very least to get back to where they were last year and looking to further that maybe into the conference finals. Do you think Miles Turner is going to be a very in-demand commodity? Because, you know, we've seen the success of Brook Lopez as an archetype of a player that can block shots, but also shoot the three, uh, you know, the stretch bigs as they were. But stretch bigs, for example, Kelly Olenek, aren't always great rip protectors. But Brook Lopez and Miles Turner are two of the best in the league at blocking shots in the paint and two of the best in the league at their position for shooting the three. So I was on NBA 2K24 the other day. I was doing a my GM rebuild, and I was rebuilding the Miami Heat, and I wanted to put Bam at the power forward and put a center that could block shots and shoot the three ball. And the list of names right now in the NBA of players that can do that isn't too long when you think about the players that fit that mold. Do you think that these players like Miles Turner are going to become more in demand as people see the success that Brooke Lopez is having in Milwaukee. Well, Mo, as long as we maintain to the way the game is played today, this pace and space, a player with that, with that skill set who can rim protect and shoot threes is a very interesting player in a lot of ways, because it allows you on the offensive end to maintain the space so that your guards can penetrate and attack the basket and then on the defensive end, you can funnel guys and have rim protection because it's so hard, as you know, in today's game to stay in front of players because of the way the rules are. So Miles Turner is a very unique player. That's what makes Brooke Lopez. I mean, he re he literally reinvented himself. Mm -hmm. I remember when Brooke came into this league some 14, 15 years ago, he was a low post player in the traditional sense. And not just a low post player. He's the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets all-time leading scorer, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, he's somewhere around there, but he was an all-star 
He was a terrific low post. You could throw the ball to him. He's always had great offensive touch. And there was one thing they they probably, you know, criticism of his game is he wasn't a strong rebounder at that particular time. And he wasn't really a defensive player. Well, lo and behold, he's now he is a defensive player and you very rarely see him on the block. You know, he's shooting three, so forth and so on. So those type of player in today's game, it's really a unique player because they actually complement the way most of the coaches want to play or the way the game is played today. Yeah, well, we spoke about, I mentioned the Miami Heat just there, and the third trade on this list involves the Miami Heat and them getting a new point guard. They missed out on Damian Lillard, Gabe Vincent left in free agency, and now they're left with Kyle Lowry's, how old is Kyle Lowry now, 37? He's probably my age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're left with Kyle Lowry starting at a point guard spot. So Bleacher Report has the Miami Heat trading Duncan Robinson and a 2028 first round pick with a top 10 protection in exchange for Tyus Jones of the Washington Wizards. Now, I think Tyus Jones is one of the most underrated players in the league. When you look at his assist to turnover ratio, the amount of times a player makes an assist compared to the amount of turnovers they have, he's always one of the league leaders in that category. When he was in Memphis last season and John Morant missed some time with injuries and whatever other issues, he was fantastic. They didn't lose a lot of games even without their star point guard. Tyus Jones stepped up and filled that role. I think as a starting point guard in this league, he can be extremely productive. That trade, the way I look at it, is that pick can't have protections on it because 2028 is four years away. Jimmy Butler's getting up there in the years. If Jimmy Butler, you know, isn't still as productive as he is and Bam Adebayo wants to go elsewhere, that could be a very valuable pick. But what are your thoughts on Miami acquiring a player like Tyus Jones? Again, because they're in the same conference. I, I, I Invalid. Yeah, they're in the same what division right there's in the eastern yeah. conference or in the same eastern conference i don't i don't see that trying to happen because even, of even though they're on different timelines though like the wizards are trying to go all out and rebuild acquire draft assets and young players whereas the miami heat are trying to compete now does that not change things because they're not competing at the same time yeah i i i think for a player like tyus first of all i you know they say you you just use the word underrated. You know, every year he's voted or he is voted by, you know, front offices as the best backup guard in the league. So people clearly value him. They valued him there in in Memphis. So I think he is he has an opportunity to really play and showcase what they're doing down there in Washington. Now, I think Washington right now, they're trying to acquire players it look it appears to me what they're doing down there is they're looking at a certain player that will fit their economic model mm-hmm. i think jordan pool fits that i think kyle kuzma now fits that so if you have pool um tyus jones and kuzma that's solid now you can play and you can compete and you have three players that i think at any given moment can be moved for the the right thing, whenever, whatever that right thing is for them. Now, Tyus Jones is a player I think that they will move if it helps them achieve whatever it is they're looking to achieve. That could be maybe they determine this team isn't going anywhere. Maybe they determine that this is not the right fit. When I say, even though I don't think this is a championship caliber team, sometime you will find chemistry. And right now on paper, Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, 
and Tyus Jones, you'll say, okay, those players should be able to compete on any given night. Now, do they have the depth? Are there young players? I can't think of the young kid that got that played with Victor Wimbanyama. He's a really good player. Bilal Koulibaly. Yes, there you go. I, I, I'm not going to try to chop up his name right now. <laughs> I need to work on that. But you have these players, and suddenly, Mo, you may find that you have a, a young nucleus with players who still are capable of playing. Okay, so before they blow this up, you still want to find out what you have and what you see before you say we're going to the draft because you got to determine the following before you get to the draft. Who's in that draft? You may say, you may determine that this is not the draft you want to be in. I understand why you want to be in the Victor Wimbenyama draft, but this draft, you what you have to determine what are you getting because the number one pick isn't always the number one pick. This is why it made no sense to me that the Wizards waited until after the Victor Wimbenyama draft to really move Bradley Beal and go into this all-out rebuild like they should have done this a year before they did well, it well they I mean well they did it because they you got to remember they they relieved the duties of the previous yeah was it Tommy Shepard who was there before yes yes yeah. so once they made that decision now everyone wants to come in with a new fresh start so that's why they did it here even though it's the same organization now it's new direction, new leadership but, there. Uh, Bilal, remember I was telling you about him two two seasons ago coming out of France. Do you see him in preseason defensively? What he's yeah, doing? Yeah, no, it's what I'm saying. He he's interesting. So the one thing, Mo, the one thing as you are because you want to be a general manager is the one position you must have in today's game, regardless of what you're trying to do, tank or whatever it is you're trying to do. Because I know you won't do that, but <laughs> if you are doing that. You have to have a lead guard who can play because that's the only way that you can evaluate your players. You have to have a ball handler and a distributor. So Tyus Jones, in my opinion, will give you a fair evaluation of who you are and what your players are and could be mm -hmm. because it's very hard to evaluate players in today's game because it's, it's literally small ball. So I think this is a very deep dive in saying let's see what we got because they signed Kyle Kuzma at that mark we talked about he's in that 25 million dollar mark Jordan Poole you know I don't know if you can look it up is in that 25 million dollar mark and once you have players who are rotational players in that mark now those are called tradable contracts mm -hmm. by today's standards now yeah. I don't know what they're making but if I remember correctly, they're right where you yeah, need them Jordan to be. Jordan is making 27. Kyle is making 25. And this is what we talked about on yesterday's show. If you yes. guys haven't heard that, go check yes. it out. So now those guys are, those are, those are excellent contracts to move if need be. Tyus Jones is an excellent contract to move. So let's look for them. However, I don't think that they go to a Miami or something like that. I think they probably sent him out west or do something. Now, I would like to see Ty. You know where I would like to see Tyus Jones is is in New Orleans. Ooh, I like that fit. I like just, I would like just to, plays his I role, would, distributes uh, the, ball, the ball, makes everyone better, better, scores a little bit, a little bit. It keeps everyone honest. Now, to me, he would be a great organizer for that organization and this team as is. Okay? Because – if there's one thing that's missing from the New Orleans Pelicans that I see is their lead guard position. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that 
Yeah, I, I love you, CJ McCullough. He's a scorer. A, he's not he's a, scorer. a facilitator. And then you've got yeah. Alvarado, who's more yeah. of like a, a defensive specialist when he hides from players and comes yeah. and steals ball yes. when he inbound it. Yes. But but he's not like a true, true but there's true. not many true point guards left in the NBA no. as well. He's, he, I don't care what position you play, do you have the ability to organize? Tyus Jones can do that. That's what he does exceptionally well. He understands the assignment. You know, I, I don't say the, the position because I don't know if there are any more point guards other than Chris Paul. However, he understands how to organize people. So I think he would be in a, a great fit for them. They have young players that would fit for them if they so desire that. And then you, you'll move on. So, you know, there's they have options. And I love what they're doing down there from a roster construction. Now, the hard part about at some point, you got to start drafting the players or you got to start getting the right moves together. But I love their flexibility at the moment. Absolutely. Well, the next trade, you'll be happy to know, it's not involving two teams from the same conference. So it's actually valid to talk about. And it's the Atlanta Hawks receiving Jeremy Grant in exchange for DeAndre Hunter, a 2024 first round pick via the Sacramento Kings that is lottery protected. Um, so for the Portland Trailblazers, they get a younger player in DeAndre Hunter, who's only 25, who fits their timeline. And he's a lot cheaper. He's making uh, his contracts four years, 90 million compared to Grant's five years and 160 million that Portland gave Jeremy Grant when they thought Dame Lillard was going to stay there. Um, I don't know if they wish they could undo that, but, you know, he's again now a tradable, tradable asset, as you like to call it. Well, maybe a little bit more because he's making over 30 a year. But as the salary cap goes up, it will be more movable. Um, but how do you like that? Jeremy Grant joining Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella in Atlanta. Does that make them more serious contenders in the East? Well, the big thing is, is what are the true expectations when you acquire a player at that salary? And Jeremy Grant is a really, really good player. Okay, he's athletic, defensively, especially when he was there in Denver. 40% really, from three last season. Yes. On, on, on 5.7 well. attempts per game. Now, I, I'm I'm from the mindset of this. You have DeAndre Ayton. You have Jeremy Grant there. Now, let's see what we have before we start tinkering with the roster. Okay. So you think he could? he's 29, but you think he's a piece that you would keep alongside well, DeAndre Ayton and Scoot? And, I, I, again, and yeah. I, 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 well, he, he, let's see what you have. You know, like, so we say, so we... So when we when we say development, we always think of the assistant coach and G League and developing. True development is learning how to become a pro. And where do you learn how to become a pro? From, from your vets. From your vets. He is a vet now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if Scoot is going to become who we think he's going to become in this league, he's got to learn from a vet who's going to play and show him the way. Mm -hmm. So I think Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant is one of the good guys in this league. He's a, he's a, he's a pro. He's been here. I love the fact when he took the, he took, I mean, he bet on himself and he went to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Cause in, in Denver, he was really just a role player. And he said, I want yes. more touch of the ball. Right. I want more shots. I okay. want more minutes. So we'll go he ahead did to that. Yeah, so he did that. And he's a so I think he's a very valuable piece at this stage of the career because the most valuable thing for for me and all the other players over the years of coming to the NBA is learning from vets. 
who actually play. And, Not- and Brogdon being on that team as well. That's so two boys I, in the locker room. Yeah, so I, 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 I love that. You have Brogdon there. You have, you know, Jeremy Grant there. Those are two, to me, excellent vets who are still capable of playing can set the example, not just tell tell those guys and talk about what they should do. They'll be out there in the game with those guys competing on a nightly basis. So I like vets who are capable of showing you, you know, showing you, you know, it's one thing to talk about something. So the other thing to go out there and do it. So I would be hesitant, but however, you never know what these teams are going to do, but I could see something like that happening because DeAndre Hunter is a really good player too. Absolutely. He's a good He's a really good player. I think they're a little probably stacked at the two position. You know, I would I would probably think, you know, Anthony Simons probably will they will be looking to move him because of the size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Him and Scoot, you know, yeah, makes yeah. Him small I mean, in the Simons is an elite scorer, but you need the defense, as we talked you about yesterday defense. with the Warriors and Stephen Clay. So I think Anthony Simons probably will be looked to move. Uh they will be looking to move him. So that because Scoot is a big guard, I think if you put another nice size guard next to Scoot, suddenly now you go from a small backcourt to a big backcourt because Scoot has excellent size, excellent speed, and he looks like he's going to be a lead guard. Yep, that floater, think, the floater he was showing off, like somebody yeah. is finishing and around then, the rim. You know, you put another, let's just say DeAndre Hunter, you put DeAndre Hunter and Scoot at the guards along with now. You know, um, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant. And now, and the Time Lord, yeah, yeah. you got a super size sure, team. Sure, sure. Now you have a nice young team. Let's see what we have. Yeah, to be they they have some nice pieces. So I, I would be hesitant to move him right now. They just signed him. I don't know how many teams would be looking to acquire that length of contract, a five year contract, at this particular time. But um, I, I I would I would hold on to a player like that just because I think he's very valuable on the court, obviously, but just as valuable to me at this stage in the locker room as well with uh, the type of character he brings. Well, Jeremy can't be traded until at least the 15th of January because he just signed that contract. So they've got time to figure it out. Um, But the final trade we're going to talk about today involves the Dallas Mavericks cashing in their remaining chips for OG Ananobi. In this trade from Bleacher Report, the Dallas Mavericks would receive OG, and Toronto would receive Josh Green, Jaden Harvey, Rashawn Holmes, and an unprotected 2027 first-round pick. Mo, you know where I'm going to go with this. I've been saying it to years, so I'll let you answer the question when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks, which is what? The the official party line from the BJ Armstrong delegation says that the Dallas Mavericks will never succeed until Luka picks a position and decides he's going to guard at that position. Until he decides he's going to guard the other team's best wing or a guard or whatever he's going to do on defense, until they do that, they will not succeed. That is the official BJ Armstrong. Yeah, I've heard it a million times. A million times. And, and, I, and, and I keep going back to the same thing. And Mo, he's too good of a player, okay? The definition of a superstar is the following. He affects the top line and the bottom line. People want to see this kid play Mm -hmm. he is a fantastic offensive player okay Luka Doncic you saw him in Abu Dhabi you were just there Bo do we have any questions about his offensive capability no we have not even possible to have a question about none okay none is this kid a clutch player are there any questions yes are there any questions about his ability to deliver in the clutch none 
Okay, so Mo, what is the question? The question is, can we build a team around him that can complement what he does well and hide what he doesn't do well? Mm -hmm. Now, we can keep shuffling the cards and figuring out, you know, and blaming whatever. But it's very simple. Luca, what position are you going to commit to on the defensive end? If you're going to be the lead guard and want the ball in your hands and play with the ball in your hands, you're going to have to face and guard the other team's lead guards. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play the game, because we're going to run our offense through you, you're going to have to learn how to do the following. Play without the ball in your hands mm -hmm. to some degree. Right? You have to now that Kyrie's there. You have to. Well, well, what they look like they're doing when Kyrie came there last year is they were they were playing buddy ball. Well, they were My staggering turn, the minutes. Your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were staggering the minutes. Yep. Because Kyrie is an exceptional ball handler. He he one may be the, the best, best ball ever. handler on the team. Yeah, he might be one of the okay. best ball handlers of all time. So now let's figure out Kyrie. You don't have the same. Kyrie doesn't have the same flexibility on defense that that luca does because he's not the same size as luca mm -hmm. so Kyrie is going to have to guard the other team's lead guard which to me puts luca now you're going to guard the two or the three mm -hmm. okay okay now we would prefer to not have luca on the other team's best offensive player why because we're depending on him so much on the offensive end so that means that they're going to need another wing. They had the kid. They had the, to me, was one of the perfect players. It was the kid, Finney Dorian, Smith. I Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney I can't believe. Okay. <laughs> I, so I like his Smith. fit on the team so much. Yeah, I like his fit as well. So now that, to me, says, what are we going to do to guard the other team? Because you're going to ask Kyrie to defend his position. You're going to have to – you, can, you're not, you can't ask Luka to guard – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and all of these high flyers. Okay, you can't ask him to do that for 48 minutes. So that to me says, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are we going to go small and put you at the four? What are we going to do so that defensively we can build a team that's going to complement you? Now, I think Miles Turner would be a good fit there. Yep. I think he would be a good fit, but then that would probably deplete their team. Yeah, they tried to acquire they, him. And they just drafted, you know, in the draft this year, they missed the playoffs. They drafted Derek Lively, who plays the five position already. Yes. Um, and, and I but also think... But they are now. But they are a team that wants to win now. So I think there are a lot of... There are a lot of moving parts there in Dallas. However, the biggest part is, Luca, just figure out where you're going to defend. And then let's build around that. Because offensively, he can carry. He carried them just a couple years ago to the conference finals. Yep, I mean Jalen Brunson helped, but yep, yes, and, he, and I mean but, he he had them in series even the year in the bubble where they were going up against the Clippers. He was hitting those game winners that they had no business being in those series. Like the Clippers should not have been worried, but that man Luka Doncic terrified the LA Clippers. So that that to me is my only question with Dallas, is. Okay, let's just talk, Luca. This is what you want to do. Is this the is this the is this 
the position you're going to commit to. And then now allow us, allow their, their general manager and the rest of the people to build a team, play the team, coach the team. And if you're not going to play the point guard position full time on both sides of the ball, then let's learn how to play without the ball. To me, that's the greatest ability of a great player. We know yeah. he is phenomenal. He may be the best in the league with the ball in his hands. But, Mo, imagine complementing that with him learning how to be a top five player without the ball in his hands. Because now that allows ball movement, player movement. Steph Curry is the best player right now in the league without the ball. Absolutely. The, the okay. flurry of screens he comes off. I mean, we need to show Lucas some Rip Hamilton tape from back in the day or, or something like that. Well, you yeah, know. yeah but, but Steph Curry right now is doing it at a different distance. You know, Rip Hamilton oh, yeah. was great. Curling, mid-range, all that. Steph Curry is doing it without, you know, from three. And Luca has the same ability. He yeah. has, but I think now he's going to have to figure out how to allow the executives to build around his talent. Yeah, I think for me, you know, this team on paper right now, the Dallas Mavericks, they're not a contending team for the championship. Obviously, Luca can carry them to the conference finals or whatever, but I don't look at it as a championship roster, but you're in a... It's tough situation here. Luca could leave the team in 2027. He's he's been a winner his whole life, whether it be Eurobasket, whether it be with Real Madrid, wherever he's been, he's been winning. And if he's now in a situation with Dallas where he's losing season after season after season, he could look to go elsewhere. So you have to make a move to improve this roster to become real contenders. So a Miles Turner or an OG Ananobi, who are both elite defenders in this league, can definitely help you. However, if you're trading away Josh Green, who's a, a great scorer and a great defender already, or um, Jaden Hardy, who's already shown that he can come off the bench and light it up, you, those guys are 22 and 21, respectively. If you move them and Luca leaves, you're absolutely finished in 2027. So it, it is a risk to make a move, but I feel like you have to make a move right now or at some point soon to put you in that top of the West what, bracket. What, what, what move could they make? Like, like other than Kyrie. Other than Kyrie. Like what you else suggested, the, um, the Miles Turner move or the OG Ananobi move. Like, I think OG okay. would be great there. He could take on the best. Who would you trade best. for Miles Turner? Who would you trade it, on this current would, roster? It would be a similar package of those young players. So Josh Green and Jane Hardy and then Rashawn Holmes um, for the but salary. Mo, Mo, Mo. The, the, listen to the players you're throwing in there. Miles Turner is a really good player. You got to give up something to get something. An unprotected 2027 first round pick. Okay. Why are we doing why are we doing future picks for a player who's good right now? Because you're taking the bet that in just three years, if Luca demands a trade in a year or two years, that pick's gonna be no if you're good. Indiana, why would you do that? If you're Indiana, why would you do that? Well, how are you gonna sell that to your to how are you gonna sell that to your your fan base? Hey guys. We have a team right now that we feel is going to be in the playoffs. However, we're going to take a bet on a 27. We don't even know who's in that draft. No, this is just an example of a player, not necessarily a trade that would work. I think the trade would, would be great for Toronto. They get two very young players that are very promising and they get a draft pick as they move away from, I don't know what's happening with Siakam and his extension, uh, but OG may leave in free agency this summer coming up. And Fred Van Fleet's already left. So I think for Toronto, that'd be an excellent deal for them to be able to get this kind of return in exchange for OG. And then OG comes in, he can guard the Kevin Durant's of the world in the Western Conference. He could and guard... what are you giving Toronto? What are you giving Toronto? Josh Green, Jaden Harvey, Rashawn Holmes, and a 2027 first-round pick. Unprotected. 
as they build their team around Scotty Barnes. You're giving Josh Green, who can immediately start for the Toronto Raptors. You got Jaden Hardy, who can come off the bench, and you got that draft pick in just three years. Before you know it, that'll be here too. I yeah, OGs are is a proven commodity. Yeah, I mean, I mean but the, I, but the I, Raptors again, are stuck in purgatory right now because they're not good enough to compete, but they're not bad enough to get good picks. So they're just kind of there. OGs a free agent this summer. Is he going to resign in Toronto? All the signs right now are proving unlikely. I've not spoke to him about it, but it is looking unlikely right now. So you're getting some return on OG before you lose him for nothing anyway. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I would. Okay, I, I see where you're going with it. You see it? I, th- I think that's the but best I, I, one I on the whole. Like, I think that one and the Jeremy Grant one are the best ones on the list. Well, I, I, you know, you, you, those are too many. I, look, you, I don't know how many roster spots they have available in Toronto, but you, you, there's no way you're going to take four players back. Oh, you 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 put some salary in there or, or to match it up. Like there'll be ways of finessing the details of it. Yeah, OG's a really good player. I I, I think OG's a good player. Scotty Parnes a good player. You know, I, 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 I hear you. I, I, I just, in the end, let's see who Scotty Barnes really is. Yeah. Well, let's he, see who he really is. He let's had a see great rookie really season, a very tough sophomore season. So this season now is going to be telling of, yeah, of let, what let's he can see really who do. He, let's see who he really is. Let's mm-hmm. see who Scotty Barnes really is before we start trading this guy and trading that guy. You know, Van Fleet was a really good player. Sometimes things get stale with players. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been in a place too long. So I think now they're feeling better about their roster, you know, and I, I happen to, I saw Masai up, up in, uh, um, I saw Masai in New York when I was in New York. York. Yep. So he was excited about his team. So let, let's see what they are have before we start trading guys, but um, you know, I I I I kind of I kind of have a feel for what they're trying to do, and right now it's really hard for young players, especially like Scotty Barnes, to come in and suddenly now impose their will on a veteran lace team. Yeah, who who've got players who have won championships there in Seattle, yes. Manfleet. So I think now they're fully committed to the to the timeline of scotty barnes so let's see who he is this year and then i think we'll be able to answer that question by december to say okay this is what's really going on up there and then you know messiah is one of the best in the league he'll figure that out and and he'll make the moves accordingly okay well those are five trades that could be made during this course of the season if you've got any suggestions feel free to let us know on social media or on discord and while you're here, make sure you get your copy of NBA 2K24 through the link in the description. And uh, most importantly, subscribe to the show. We're popping. NBA season is almost here now. So it's less than a week until opening night. And uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. We're going to be here breaking down all the action for you every day this season. Subscribe to the Hoop Genius podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You guys know the vibes. Get buckets.